This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. The world of business is looking to understand the consumer in every way possible. One way is through the understanding of neuroscience. Now, some of you may not normally associate neuroscience and businesses immediately linking together, but in this age of big data and wanting to connect with the customer in every possible manner, neuroscience is becoming a more sought-after area of expertise in business. A new executive education program here at the Wharton School coming up in April is going to take a deeper look at the relationship between neuroscience and business. Michael Platt is going to be part of the team presenting this program. Michael is a professor of neuroscience, professor of psychology, and professor of marketing here at the University of Pennsylvania and at the Wharton School. And he is in studio with us. Great seeing you again. Good morning. It's great to be back. So uh, tell us, uh, give us the idea behind doing a program like this in the first place. Right. Well, <clears throat> this actually capitalizes on, excuse me, <clears throat> capitalizes on uh, a course that I developed for MBAs and undergraduates that we began teaching last year, which was called Introduction to Brain Science for Business, uh, which really was kind of a soup to nuts uh teach you everything you need to know about the brain, uh, how neuroscientists measure brain activity, how we can manipulate it, and then basically examining 10 or 15 different areas of application. There was a huge response from uh, our MBAs and undergraduate students, and um, they just, they love the course, they see the need uh, and the opportunity to potentially apply neuroscience in business, and uh, with our kind of interactions with folks uh, out there in the business world over the last year, we, we certainly identified this as an opportunity. Um, this, there's really nothing like it, uh, like this course, uh, anywhere in the world. So this is this is unique, uh, one-of-a-kind opportunity for people out there to, to really learn how you can apply neuroscience in business. So then the next step, obviously, is to, to bring it to the executives, exactly. who are the people that are running these companies and are looking to be able to capitalize as much as they can on whatever the, the next understanding is. Yeah, so I think... Um, I mean, my impression is that there, everybody feels like neuroscience is the next big thing, okay. but they don't really know what to do with it, uh, that uh, it's often difficult to uh, know what's real and what's hype. Uh, and so that's a big part of our, um, our goal in the course is, is really to bring up the level of understanding so that at a bare minimum, uh, CEOs, et cetera, who participate in the course can be more savvy consumers of neuroscience. So that's sort of step one. And then step two is to lead them through a series of exercises that will uh, hopefully allow them to really directly apply what they learn uh, in their organization. How much is it starting to be thought of as a component that a company needs to address moving forward? Well, I think that's a great question. It's um, There are some areas of neuroscience that have al already had a major impact uh, on business. And so probably the clearest uh, is in marketing, where over the last 10 years, uh, there have been really successful efforts to incorporate neuroscience data um, as a means of evaluating advertising effectiveness, and then uh, going a step beyond that, which is to uh, be able to predict effectiveness, uh, say driving sales, and also potentially reverse engineer uh, ads to, to make them better and more effective and more engaging. But it's it's also part of it in looking at some of the data about the program. Mm. It is obviously being able to better the bottom line for a company, but it's also the company itself in terms of the decisions in terms of hiring and team building and a variety of different elements within the company, which obviously can affect the bottom line as well. Right. So this is an area of 
application that I think is just going to be huge. Right. The impact is going to be incredible because over the last 15 years, we have learned as neuroscientists a tremendous about, amount about how our brains actually relate to other people uh, and how uh, that differs between people, right. how that can respond to different sorts of training or interventions, and potentially how that can impact uh, an organization's bottom line. So um, this is an area where we can, um, I think, hopefully more effective, learn to more effectively uh, hire people, to onboard them, to assess uh, their progress through training, uh, may, and maybe even help them to become better leaders uh, as well. To a degree, though, does the need to link neuroscience to business, that's just not necessarily at the C-suite. That's potentially, when you're talking about some of the decisions we're talking about, that's all the way down the chain, managers all the way down to I, HR. I think, it, I think it's all levels of the organization. I mean, it's interesting that uh, you may have seen um, an article, a couple of articles that came out in the last couple of months from uh, Google's Oxygen Project, in which they were using basically a, a data analytics approach to trying to understand what makes a good manager, right? right? So you can imagine you're coming up through Google, it's a lot of tech people, a lot of you know people writing code, et cetera, and then they find themselves in management positions. And uh, it turned out that when they did the analysis based on, on employees' uh, responses, you know, it was basically um, looking at frequency of words, natural language processing, that uh, it was all about social skills, uh, right? And that's not—that's really not yeah. what you know. It's not what you think of, right? Right. right. When you're thinking about uh, you, you know, you're a, you're a tech company in Silicon Valley, and uh, you may end up with the wrong people, kind of uh, you know, making decisions or managing people below them. And so, um, we, you know, I, I think that this is again this the potential here uh, to more effectively fine tune and, and identify people who are going to be good. Uh, in these roles, or if uh, if they're lacking something, to help that you know help identify uh, and bring up those areas where where they're not so good, uh, so that they can relate to people. Uh, and it goes beyond just uh, management. I mean, mm -hmm. think about client relations. So if your business uh, depends on relationships with people, which I think for most businesses that's pretty true, much, yeah. Uh, you know that that's got to be huge. We're talking with Michael Platt of the the Wharton School in the University of Pennsylvania. By the way, for uh, those people that are interested in maybe uh, taking the course, the program, you can find out more at WhartonLeveragingNeuroscience.com. That, again, is Wharton, W-H-A-R-T-O-N, Leveraging neuroscience.com. And as I mentioned, uh, that program is coming up in late April right here uh, at the Wharton campus here in Philadelphia. What I find interesting, though, th that when you're talking about the business decisions that a lot of these executives need to make and all of the data that is out there right now, one of the narratives that has been brought forward is trying to un better understand that data. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. to a degree, is this Maybe starting that process of better understanding the data if you have a little bit of a better understanding of the neuroscience and how it plays into it. Right. So if you think about, you know, what's the ultimate source of all of that data that we now have access to from people's online uh, purchases, their click-throughs on websites, GPS tracking of their phone yeah. while they're moving through stores, really that's all generated by their brains. And so to some degree, if we want to understand all of that data and what's generating it, what better way than getting to the source of that data, which is, you know, under the hood. What is probably, when you start to th think about this, what's probably the, the real base level 
meaning instance of how neuroscience affects a business? Well, I think that, um, look, I mean, our brains affect everything that we do. Uh, most business, I think, is predicated on a lot of assumptions, say that, you know, for example, you know, in finance that derive from uh, traditional economics, which yeah. assumes that everybody is rational, assumes that every person uh, makes decisions in the same way. And we know those things just aren't true. Uh, people differ. Um, people are not rational. And we certainly appreciated that, you know, from 30 years of work of people like Kahneman and Tversky. But what are the sources of that irrationality? And we're really now coming to an understanding of the fact that those those patterns actually emerge from fundamental constraints in the way that our brains process information. They're just actual physical and physiological limitations that um, that apparently drive, you know, not only uh, strange things about the way we perceive the world, like when we see illusions, but that those same effects uh, create, in a sense, illusions in decision-making, kind of like the same thing, but for making decisions. And so, you know, at, at some level, it's just appreciating that uh, and then learning how to either, um, you know, work within those constraints or to try to uh, develop creative approaches that work around those constraints. But even, a, a, as you said, a, a kind of a basic appreciation yeah. of this can affect a company on a variety of different levels. Yeah, well, I think it can, well, as we talked about before, it can affect the company in terms of its, its internal milieu and how people relate to each other. Yeah. It can affect the company in the way that it uh, it creates a brand and how people, how consumers, how customers relate to that brand. Um, and we have new research actually in my own group, which we will probably discuss, that uh, suggests that, in fact, you know, we, we often hear that, oh, com companies are people, right? Yeah. And right. it's kind of, you know. Uh, a little controversial. Well, um, some of our work has actually suggests that, in fact, the the way we relate to companies is using the circuitry in our brains that relate evolve to relate to other people, which I think is really, really remarkable and potentially suggests some strategies uh, for capitalizing on that. So, um, you know, it looks like Apple's done a really good job of doing that. Uh, it it's not necessarily clear that other companies have, well, have when, exploited that so well. When you say specifically about Apple, what is it that, that they have particularly caught on to that, that they've been able to capitalize in this area? Well, that I mean, so we haven't drilled down that deeply okay. on it, but I think it has to do with um, creating this sense of identity, of belongingness yeah. uh, that other companies have not been able to do. In fact, some other companies, like it looks like, like Samsung, May create the 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 anti belonging the anti identity. You're, we're not Apple, yeah. right? In a sense, but that ha doesn't mean they've created a strong sense of identity themselves to which our social brains would relate. Which is interesting because when you think about Apple, the, the, it's that community, right? That exactly. that they have kind of built up. They built a community. And, you you are you you. It's weird. You actually feel empathy not only for members of the Apple community, but you feel it for the company itself. Is Amazon trying to follow that? that realm as well when you think about all the different pieces that they kind of have and they try and keep people within kind of the the, the amazon space as well i i mean that's one way of thinking about it, although i don't know that they've really capitalized on that human element yet, okay right so i don't i i mean they've certainly uh re, you know done things like reduce the friction that it takes to shop right right and to um and to be able to acquire brands and products uh, essentially they're kind of Blurring those lines with with what the brands themselves are, so that you are buying the products from Amazon instead of directly from those other companies. In some sense, 
Apple's done a, a very different kind of thing, which is to is to really make that identity uh, theirs. How do you think then the the understanding, uh, at least the basic one of, of neuroscience, will play in terms of of leadership within a company and the abilities that companies will expect of leaders moving forward? Yeah, well, again, I think that's this is where we we are really focused on those social skills, yeah. right? I mean, obviously, if you're going to be a leader within a company, you have to be smart and you have to be strategic and you have to be able to understand the bottom line and plan ahead. But it's those those human elements that you allow you to relate to other people mm-hmm. to make them feel like they're valued within the organization that are key. Um, and so, a really big question for us is whether we can. Uh, identify and predict who will become, who has leadership potential. So, you know, the way that's done now is by people who have lots of experience uh, kind of cultivating leadership. You know, I know one when I see one. Right, right, right. Um, But can we make that more objective? And can we uh, do it uh, without necessarily having to rely on all of that uh, experience? And so that's actually, another. I think, another really um, fascinating uh, and and potentially highly impactful area of neuroscience, is, which is selection. So using neuroscience data, other kinds of biometric data, as a means of identifying people's uh, talents and helping to guide them along a path that will be, you know, the most effective path for them. Michael Platt joining us here in studio. Your comments welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And again, if you're interested in uh, finding out more about the program that uh, the Wharton Executive Education uh, Division is going to be doing, you can go to Wharton Leveraging neuroscience.com wharton w-h-a-r-t-o-n leveraging neuroscience.com michael platt uh, of the wharton school in the university of pennsylvania joining us to talk about what they are going to be talking about uh in this program so then if you're if you're looking at the the potential changes within leadership as a part of this what does that potentially mean for the role of a C-suite executive? I mean, you want to have those personal skills with obviously a lot of the people that are down the, down the chain a little bit, but does that affect what happens in the C-suite or the board of directors as well? That's a really, really interesting question. I, mean, I think that to some degree, these these decisions, you know, who ends up in those positions, uh you know they're they're playing out based on what people have developed in terms of intuitions and best practices. Sometimes it works well, although you, sometimes you see companies really implode yeah. uh, for for failures to kind of put the right people in there. Um, I think what we're suggesting is we can offer a scientific and validated, you know, potentially validated way of doing this uh, in hopefully a, a much more objective um, manner. Um, one thing I would like to uh, I want to make sure that I um, talk about is is the um, is the project that uh, that people who join the course will actually be involved in. So this sure. is a really kind of unique um, educational uh, uh, effort, uh, which is based on what we've done in our MBA course. And so the students, the the people, the learners who come to the course, will work together on teams to develop a pitch for an application of neuroscience uh, in business. Uh, And so they can come, especially, I think this is a really great opportunity for them to come with their specific questions where they've been thinking about, I wonder if neuroscience can help me in marketing. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if if neuroscience can 
uh, help us in selection or something like that, and actually work and develop that pitch, uh, and which will be evaluated and commented on by the entire group on the very last day of the course. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. At your... Uh, but doing this with that that real world experience that obviously gives a lot of the people that will invo- be involved in this program that 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 basic level of, of how this can be impactful, not necessarily just in their company but in other companies as well. Sure. Well, I think that you know there there are certain areas where we can point to and say um, neuroscience has already been leveraged in in you know, this area of business like marketing. I mean, mm-hmm. that that has a proven track record and that's only going to get better as our science gets better and the algorithms get better. There are other areas like uh, human resources and management um, where it's ripe for the picking. So, you yeah. know, the, 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 you know, what the lab work has been done and we uh, know how we can leverage it. And this is an opportunity to really be the kind of the first adopter uh, to take this into your organization, say, I'm going to uh, utilize the principles that we have, uh, that we now understand about how people relate to each other, and we're going to use neuroscience as another source of data uh, that can help us to to, to do management better. Um, one thing I do want to point out is that um, when we talk about neuroscience, we are actually being very broad in terms of what that uh what that means in terms of data. So you can think of, I think when most people think of neuroscience, they think brain imaging, you know, you've yeah, got to go yeah. uh, lie in an MRI machine uh, and you get You're scanned. You're in a hospital, You're not a hospital. necessarily the, a business. And that, you know, in some ways we think of that as the gold standard. And so that becomes our, our real deep neurobiological validation. But then we can connect that to, and this is what we do here in our own research, we can then connect that to other uh, biometric data whether that's uh, brain waves, EEG, uh, eye tracking, pupillometry, heart rate, uh, thermal imaging, there's lots and lots of other sources of data that we can uh, that we do relate directly to that brain imaging. But these are da- this is now data that we can access uh, in real world business settings, whether mm-hmm. that's you know in a in a customer shopping, uh, in Whole Foods, or you know a, a bunch of people on a team within uh, a company, and increasingly through the development of, of much uh, higher quality, uh, much smaller, less obtrusive wearable devices, we can really do this. I mean, everybody's walking around with a Fitbit or you know, a, a, some kind of device on their wrist that's providing some pretty interesting biometric data yeah. that um, you know, we now know uh, provides pretty effective uh, and useful biomarkers for how people are relating to each other. So your expectation is that whether it be in the next five years, 10 years, whatever it might be, we are going to see the understanding and the use of neuroscience a- as almost a a natural piece to business, whether it be retail, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Absolutely. I think it's, it's we're undergoing a sea change. This will, especially as we... Um, educate the you know next generations of leaders in business so i mean these are the students who are moving through my mba program uh, undergraduates who are moving through uh, through our curriculum as well that that's just they're going to take that for granted that that's a that's just another piece uh, in their you know in their armamentarium that they can bring to bear on business and so you know we're just hoping to amplify that 
by giving CEOs and other C-suite folks uh, the opportunity to do the same thing through the exec ed program. And, and again, the, the website for people to check out is WhartonLeveragingNeuroscience.com. WhartonLeveragingNeuroscience.com. You can check it out. Uh, Michael Platt joining us here in studio. So you talk about the piece that the students will go through. What would you like them to, as they leave at the end of the program, what is it that you would like them to to take with them and be able to potentially start to implement when they get back to their company? Right. So, I mean, the, first and foremost is a, is a deeper appreciation and understanding of you know, what neuroscience is and what it has to offer beyond kind of helping people, you know, in the clinic, that there that really the application uh, is is there and is and it's usable. And so they can take that home and begin to do it. I think the second is this opportunity to begin working on questions with us that will culminate in this pitch. And then then they still, because of the connections to the faculty and the program, including me, including myself, we can, uh, we're building a relationship that uh, they can leverage in the future. Say they don't want to actually, or they don't have the expertise, they're not ready to make the investment to go full on you know, yeah. with neuroscience in their own company. They can partner with us in the Wharton Neuroscience Initiative, uh, where you know we you know we are there to be you know everything from uh, you know kind of a consultant to actually carrying out studies uh, to to demonstrate the effectiveness uh, of any particular idea that they might have, and then then they might be willing to take that you know take that next step uh, in their organization. Which is the other part of your work through the Neuroscience Initiative and, and the the linkages of neuroscience and marketing and, and business moving forward as, as, a, as a joint union. Absolutely. So this uh, executive education program is part of the larger Wharton Neuroscience Initiative, which includes a curriculum for MBAs, a curriculum for undergraduates, uh, and has a major research component in which we bring together uh, expertise, uh, not only within Wharton, but across the University of Pennsylvania and all the resources that we have here. So uh, most business schools, <laughs> I don't know that there are any business schools, you know, that have an MRI machine uh, in them. I'm not, I shouldn't say <laughs> none, but I mean, who knows? Uh, but because of our tight, cohesive campus and, you know, my, um, my appointments across the university, this yeah. allows, you know, if, if the question demands, say, uh, going and getting some brain imaging done, uh, that's, you know, that's easy for us to do here. So for, uh, you know, for, you know, somebody in a C-suite who has a really interesting, deep question, it's custom question, right? Yeah. Uh, they can bring it to us, and we can we can capitalize on all the people and all the resources that we have here. It's going to be very interesting to see this play out over the next several years because, as we were saying before, with, with, with the interest surrounding the data, these are all, you know, the next steps in, in this whole process. And what a company is going to look like in 20 years now, maybe even quicker than that, 10 years. Maybe quicker than that. <laughs> in terms of the understanding of the consumer, you know, I mean, we think now about all the connections that we have through our smartphones in terms of the ads that are sent to us and, and the companies that are reaching out to us. This is going to continue to develop in the next several years. And the experience even with the smartphone is probably going to be different. Oh, absolutely. So imagine you have a smartphone that now, uh, well, many smartphones are obviously connecting to your Fitbits or, or yeah. you know, your, your watch. The Apple Watch. The Apple yeah, Watch, yeah. but you might even have a the case of the smartphone itself might uh, be able to, you know, to access 
biometric data from your hands, which um, there's, no, there's no reason wow. why that couldn't be uh, incorporated into the way that the apps on the phone are actually interacting with you. Uh, of course, that's potentially a source of data that your smartphone might be uh, sending back to the company. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's another, um, you know, something else we hadn't talked about, which is uh, there are, you know, ethical, social, and legal sure. implications um, for a lot of this, at, at, you know, this, in this space of bringing neuroscience into business. And that's something that we need to think about and certainly something that we'll talk about uh, within the course because, of course, people are just as much as they're worried about things like privacy and autonomy with their digital data or their health data, right, that's going to be an issue here. And so, um, you know, so there are those concerns, but there are also concerns that if we don't apply the neuroscience, then we're missing out sure, yeah. on great opportunity. Wouldn't you want, by knowing something more about how your your customer is feeling and thinking, that could help you to get the right products into their hands and make yep. their lives much better. And well, and I was going to say not only make their lives better, but from a medical perspective, you could be affecting, you know, the health of people moving forward with some of this data. Absolutely. So I think that's another. That's a. That's a kind of the flip side direction. This is a bi-directional yeah, right, uh, yeah. kind of process where, um, and and this is something else that we and other other groups have been uh, working on, which is using people's uh, consumption data, their uh, financial data, to make predictions about, uh, say, risk for neuropsychiatric disorders or for uh, evidence of changes in the way that their brains are processing information that might be indicative of dementia yeah. or Alzheimer's disease or something like that. So um, again, I think there's tremendous opportunity there. Great seeing you again, Michael. Thanks for Same coming. Here. coming it's in. always a pleasure. Uh, and again, the program is coming up in late April here at the Wharton campus in Philadelphia. Uh, you can find out more by going to WhartonLeveragingNeuroscience.com. WhartonLeveragingNeuroscience.com. Many thanks to Michael Platt for joining us here in the studio. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.